I know I've said this a few times, but I just want to uh, just remind you that all these notes and all the scripture references and everything will be available when we get done with this series. I'm going to put it in a booklet, and anybody that wants a booklet can just let me know, and I'll, I'll get a booklet printed up for you. Because there's literally probably, I probably have 75 Bible references, scripture references about evangelism, the different things about it. And so I don't want to just machine, machine gun you guys with this reference and that reference, and you really don't have time to look at it or anything like that. So um, today's basically an outline overview of evangelism, and then in a few weeks when we print those things out, you'll have the time. You can just go through line upon line, and you can look up all the verses yourself and see how all this all fits together. Good? Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, you know, evangelism, we think of a lot of different things about evangelism, but evangelism just literally means to share the good news of Jesus. That's what evangelism is. Sometimes we can um, get sidetracked almost. Like when we're telling someone about salvation, about Jesus Christ, about um, getting born again, we can almost spend too much time on talking about repentance and giving up your sin and quitting this and quitting that rather than bragging about how good God is to us. If we could start by talking about uh, God forgave me and, and I, I was this, that, and the other way and God set me free, brought me to him, forgave all my sins, and now I have a relationship with the living God. I can pray to him and I can talk to him about anything and everything in my life anytime I want. Wow. We can talk about the peace of God. Have you ever experienced the peace of God? Man, am I going to have to have you guys stand up and do a couple jumping jacks or something? <laughs> Rough day today. Um, so how about the joy of the Lord? I mean, we have things in our lives every day, and the longer we walk with the Lord, we can almost get so familiar with it that we forget. We have to tell this world about that. This world that's chronically depressed in so many ways has so many addictions. They're coming up with new addictions. Oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. If you just read the headlines of what's going on in this world around us, they need to hear the good news. They need to be evangelized. Evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Simple as that. And I know um, oftentimes what I've heard in the church and I've heard different messages, evangelists, do all the evangelizing. So if you have the gift of evangelism, then you go out and you try to get people saved. That's totally wrong. There are people that have a special anointing, a gifting for evangelism. Yep, absolutely. But Jesus told each one of us, every single one of us, go and make disciples. He didn't say pray about it if you feel like it, make disciples. This is what he says, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, it's, he's equipped us. He's called us, equipped us, and he sent us just like he did the apostles. So we can go everywhere that we are and we can share the goodness of Jesus Christ. It's up to us to be intentional about that. Evangelism is a mindset more than it is just a gift. If that's one of your priorities and you practice that gift every day, you practice that, that habit every day, you'll be shocked at how familiar you'll get with it. You'll, you'll be shocked at the boldness you'll start walking in. And 
you'll be shocked how many people you can actually lead to Jesus Christ. For sure, to lead someone to the Lord, you have to take that first step. You have to share the gospel. You'll never lead anybody to our Lord and Savior if you're not sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. Wow. So why is the good news so necessary? Just so we can get someone to repent and then get them into church and our account will go up? No. It's never about building a church. It's never about putting butts in the seat. Pastor, on Sunday morning at church, I'm going to say that again. It's never about getting people in church and putting butts in the seat. It's about increasing the kingdom of God. It's about getting, changing their citizenship into citizens of God. To be sons and daughters of the most high God. That's what we're talking about. We're not just talking about, oh, we had 14, 47 people last week. We got 57 this week. Oh, yay, we're doing a good. No. Introduce them to the king. Introduce them to, to citizenship in heaven. And you'll get all, all the other stuff happens automatically. The thing is we have to, as we're sharing the good news about God's goodness and grace and mercy and forgiveness and a new life and born again, as we're sharing all that, we have to be truthful, though, and say God is a true, righteous, holy God. God is absolutely perfect. If we want access to God, if we want to be able to have the presence of God, we have to become holy and righteous. We can't do that in our strength. There's absolutely no one here that can be perfect and holy and righteous even, I'd say, even for one day, not a single one of us, perfect thought pattern, perfect reaction to anything, everything going on around you, I, I need a Savior. I need a Savior every day of my life. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Because God is an absolutely righteous, holy creator. He created men and women in his own image, and they were perfect until Adam chose to sin. I was reading one of these commentaries. They said, um, we have a sin nature now because Adam fell in sin. Now, he didn't fall. He didn't fall off a ladder, lose his balance. He made a determined decision that God didn't know exactly what he's talking about, and he's going to improve on his plan. It's called rebellion. Oh, I can't have that fruit? You mean this one? <laughs> right? We all live in rebellion. And then we come to the Lord, and I know we're not perfect in some of our manners and behaviors and habits, but positionally, as God looks down and sees us, we are now perfect. We are now holy. We are now righteous because of what Jesus did. And so when, when I believe Jesus was who he said he was, and I invite him and receive him as my Lord and Savior, that means I, all my sin is exchanged for his righteousness. The cross is a place of exchange. Jesus became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. It's the only way you can stand in front of God. It's the only way you can even hope to have your prayer answered today. It's the only way to ask God to fill you with his presence. It's the only way is with the righteousness of Christ. There's no other way. There's not many ways to God. And when we're telling people about the good news, we have to tell them. None of us are perfect. No, not one. We all need a Savior. And God made that way with his Savior, his son that he sent to the cross for us. That's the simplicity of the gospel. The Bible says that we're all, naturally when we're born, we have a sin nature and we are children of wrath. We're under the law. We have a certain date with judgment in our lives. We're all dead in trespasses and sins. We're alienated from the life of God. Wow. That's scary. 
Good thing I didn't know all this stuff when I was a horrible sinner. I'd have been, I don't know, I probably lost my mind. But God comes to us, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he starts this thing in each one of us that's a little bit different, but very much alike, where all of a sudden, we start to believe in a good God. All of a sudden, we think, okay, you hear the gospel, or, or you've heard it a couple of times, something happens, Holy Spirit starts stirring faith in you, before you ever repent, before you ever um, submit to God and get born again, the Holy Spirit has already come and enabled you to respond to the grace of God. Whew, that's good news because I couldn't save myself by myself. There's no way. How about you guys? Do you remember what that was like when you got born again? When you met God, when you had the presence of God that first day, that first week? Oh, my goodness. That's the gospel, good news. And that's what we're sent to give, the good news, that this holy and righteous, all-powerful God, that you have to be perfect to get in his presence, I've been made perfect through Jesus Christ. That would be a good place for amen. So what exactly is the good news? God took the initiative in bringing man back into fellowship with himself by sending Jesus Christ to be the head of a new race. That's Galatians chapter 3. Christ was also the son of God. Christ did not fall into sin. He was perfect. Christ received the full punishment for each one of our sins. It's been paid in full. All your little bitty sins, all your really big bad sins, your, your, your years and years long habits of sin have all been washed away through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus. Whew. So all who receive Christ as Savior accept the finished work at Calvary. And the only way to do, get to salvation, to be born again, is to repent from your sins, from your lordship of being Lord of your life, and turning to God in faith and receiving him as your Lord and your Savior. Whew, man, praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. When we're born again, the good news, this is some of the things the good news now includes for each one of us that are born again. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If you feel guilty today about something going on in your life, that, that's an attack from the devil and it's wrong thinking you're believing a lie. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Zero. Now you might be convicted. Okay, that's Holy Spirit saying, hey, yo, Mike, this thing needs to change. I will give you the power to change in that area if you will repent of that sin and ask for forgiveness and let's go. That's different than just being condemned. Oh, I'm never going to change. Oh, this is hopeless. I'll always be the same. Oh, I'm so sorry I did that stuff, but I just, ugh, I'm such a loser. I'll just, that's condemnation. When you condemn a criminal, when you take him to court and you condemn him, that's it. He's condemned to the gallows. There's nothing going to change that. Jesus changed our everything. When you're feeling condemned, just go, hold on a second. Did I get forgiven of that? I did. Jesus loves me? He does. Okay, I'm not putting up with that lie. I'm not going to walk around condemned anymore. Man, there's no condemnation. Um, that's Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, by the way. In Christ, we're conformed to the image of Christ. Now, you better have a really big God if you're going to take people like you and me and make us look like Jesus. Right? 
I've, I've come a ways, but guess what? I got a ways to go yet. I know that. I have his righteousness, but his maturity, his character, oh, I got to cooperate with God, with Holy Spirit to get there. I want to be more like Jesus, that's for sure. Man, in Christ we have the peace of God. Now, the peace of God is different than peace of the world. The peace of the world basically is when there's just not stress or turmoil. It's just a lack of anxiety. That, that's peace in the world. God's peace, in the midst of some crazy stuff, you can still have peace. Our hearts and minds are guarded by the peace of Christ Jesus all the time through Jesus. How's that for good news? So while I'm in the hospital, I can have peace. While I'm at home going through stuff, I can still have peace. I can have the peace of God because I have peace with God. Whew. Um, no longer do I have condemnation. I'm being conformed into the image of Christ. I got the peace of God. And if all that ain't good enough, I have access to the Father. We, we can talk to God today. And we don't go in there going, okay, God, well, I'm, I'm better than I was 30 years ago. Uh, ooh, forget that this morning. Forget last week. Forget that month. I had a bad year, actually, Lord. But uh, is there some way that maybe, maybe you can do a little something for me? Uh, no. We have the peace of God. We can come boldly before his throne and make our requests known to him. Whew. We have access with the living God. That's what the Bible says. We have access. So if you want to talk to God, you don't have to just come to the prayer meeting. Come to the prayer meeting. It's awesome. Saturday morning, yes. Yes, please. But how about at work on Tuesday morning when your boss is chewing your face off? He walks away. You go, oh, God, please fill me back up. That, I took a direct hit right there, Lord. Would you please? Ah. Peace of God, hallelujah. That surpasses all understanding. Access to God can't be exaggerated. Man is ultimately restored to a place of full fellowship with the Father and becomes a partaker of the riches of his glory. I got to read that again. You and, you and me are ultimately restored to a place of full fellowship with the Father and we become partakers of the riches of his glory. That ain't just heaven. That's now, boys and girls. That's right now, brothers and sisters. Wow. God has provided a way of salvation for all men, whether Jew or Gentile. But here's the thing. We have to be intentional. Don't raise your hand. Don't nod. You don't have to do anything. But let me just ask you this. When was the last time you shared the gospel, the good news of Jesus with someone? To just mentally, just... Was it yesterday, this morning? Was it, was it this week? A couple times this week? Was it in January? It was around the holidays? Was it so long ago you're not sure? Let me ask you this. Jesus said, go. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Have I not commanded you? So we're, this is direct orders from our boss, Jesus. Go and make disciples. Again, no hands, don't nod, nothing. Let me just ask you this question. Have you ever led someone to salvation? Have you ever introduced someone to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Jesus said, for his real believer, his true believers, you and me, uh, we're born again, we're, we're a new creation. He said he would make us fishers of men. If you haven't caught a fish, you're not a fisherman. Right? I, I, this is, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I'm just trying to show that evangelism has to be intentional. If, if you don't have a plan, 
if you're not praying about it, if you're not praying about people in your life to get born again, if you're not prepared to share the gospel or share your testimony, how's it going to happen? You're just going to walk into the room and somebody's going to walk up to you and go, hey, awesome, leave me in prayer. I'm going to get born again. It might happen like that, but that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare. The Bible tells us in Romans that how are they going to get saved if they don't hear the gospel? How are they going to hear the gospel if someone doesn't preach it? It's up to us to preach the gospel. We have to be intentional. Um, when I was a young Christian, I was taught in evangelism, but it was totally like a side topic. The guy that was in charge of our prison ministry had all the new people that wanted to be on the prison team. You had to practice your testimony. And so what he told us to do is you need to have three versions of your testimony. This includes what I was like before I met Jesus, what happened when I met Jesus, and what's my life like now with Jesus. So you're going to see a mess, you're going to see an encounter, and you're going to see what God has done in our lives. You've got to write that down, practice it in front of a mirror with a watch. You've got to have a 30-second version, you've got to have a three-minute version, and you've got to have a five-minute version. So the idea being, if you get even just a, a little bit of a gap, um, like if you're in the checkout at the grocery store and something comes up, boom, you could give them the 30-second version, which then maybe they want more info. Um, sometimes at work, just happen to be talked to somebody for a minute, and I give them the three-minute version. Always praying, always hoping that they're going to go, hey, you know what? Um, could you explain some of that to me? So then they get the half-hour version. But we have to be intentional, and we have, have to be ready to do it. H have you ever practiced your, your testimony? Well, if I asked you, if I brought someone in and I said, hey, could you explain your testimony about what happened with you and Jesus? Because he's really interested. Could you do it? Would you have to go, um, just a second. Uh, well, um, uh, can I call you later? Because I, I really just can't do that right now. What would be your response if you get an opportunity? You're in line at Walmart and you hear somebody talking about something that you just be able to go in and go, you know what? I used to struggle with some of that stuff. But you know what? Uh, when I was lost, before I met the Lord, my life was this. And I struggled with this and I went through this. But then I got born again back in such and such. And now I've been delivered of that. I don't struggle with a guilty conscience and condemnation. I'm a new creation in Christ. I've been set free of all that garbage. Are you ready to do something like that? Because if you don't practice, if you're not intentional, it won't happen. It, it for sure won't happen. That, that's just how it is in everything in life. Whatever you practice at, you get better. Whatever you don't practice at, you don't get better. <laughs> Same way with evangelism. Um, I would encourage you, be intentional. Write down your testimony, and then what I would do is I literally would put egg timer, have the mirror, do my egg timer, and I just practice. Practice, practice, practice until I could do it, and then after a while I don't use my notes, and then I practice, practice, so then when I got a chance I could do it. I could lead someone to the Lord. Do you know what scriptures you need to take them to? So you give them your testimony, and they go, oh, man, I, I want that. I got to have that. Yes, how do I do this thing? Well, you pray. Okay, what are we going to pray? Well, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Wow, where's that at? Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's like, are, are we ready, just at the simplest level, to evangelize, to spread the good news for people, to take them from death into life? I, I, I want to encourage you with all that I am, please pray about it. 
Please practice it. Please get intentional. Um, when I, I remember when, as a, just a young Christian, I was really, really blessed because uh, at the dye shop that I worked, Chris Shire got saved about a year, 15 months before me. He got radically saved. And so he went around sharing the gospel with everybody. And just, I mean, he went before me and did all that. They persecuted him bad. The whole shop was on that guy. So then when I got saved, I mean, they, I was maybe the worst sinner in the shop. I was the shop drunk. I was the bar fighter. I was all that stupid nonsense stuff. And then when I got saved, they literally came over and go, hold on a second. You, you, you believe in God now? I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, they, they took um, uh, one of those betting charts and they filled out for days how many days I would last before I got drunk. And they bet how many days I could go without getting hammered. So after about a week when I still didn't get hammered and I was still, I was growing in the Lord and everything, they start coming up and asking me unbelievable questions like, so how can I get saved? So what happens at water baptism? So like, is there a prayer for peace? How does this all work about getting born again? I mean, those are Christmas presents. It's like, hey, you know what? What are you doing at break? What are you doing at lunch? Let's get together. Why don't you come over to my bench? I'll show you a couple things and then pray for them. I probably led... 10 or 12 of my co-workers to the Lord the first year I was saved. But I want to make sure I give credit where credit's due. God, God gets all the glory for sure. Amen. And Chris Shire went through and, and plowed the ground so that when I got saved, their eyes were already kind of looking for something supernatural, looking for a change, looking for something to happen. So when I got saved like that, it just gave me a platform. You guys all have a platform. Each one of you have a platform for sharing the gospel in your lives. If we're sensitive to what God wants to do in us and through us, I guarantee you, each one of you have an anointing. Each one of you have been called and created to share the gospel. Each one of you, you're equipped. You have it. You already have everything you need to bring someone to the Lord. It's just honing those skills and being intentional about it to use it. That, that's all we have to do. That's, that's what's really necessary. And I ask you to uh, pray for ideas in sharing the gospel. Because when I, when I first got saved, man, I want to get people saved. I was, I was just so, so on fire about evangelism that I would just pray for ideas and I'd come up with some crazy ideas. Holy Spirit gave me crazy ideas. Me and another guy were going to a coffee house, coffee shop, Javasphere, over on 44th Street way back in the day. And uh, on Thursday nights we'd go there and they would literally turn the lights off. They'd light candles and there was a guy in the back that was reading out of Satan's Bible and then all the goth kids would come in, teenagers, and they're all painted black nails and black this and black that and all that stuff and goth. So we'd go in there on that night, and me and Mark would share the gospel with these kids and just pray with these kids. It was, it, was, it was awesome. It was wonderful to the point where so many of these kids gave their lives to the Lord. That was Thursday that we started was called a farmhouse ministry on Friday so that all these kids that are getting saved and getting cleaned up, we could get a hold of them and bring them to the Lord and start discipling them. One of the things that God gave me in that place, oh, by the way, the, the, so the owner was an atheist. He was actually satanic, that he was into all that garbage. God gave me an idea to print up a coupon that was about like this. And on the one side it said, um, 50 cents off a cup of coffee, a, a beverage at Javasphere. And so if you wanted to use it, you just rip off the tab and you turn this in. And I went to the owner and I said, hey, would it be possible if we do this? He's like, what? 
he's just going to do that. I said, yep, and at the end of the night, I'll come and I'll, I'll buy them all back from you. He's like, yeah, I guess so. He flipped it over. So, so the one side said a cup of a beverage at Javasphere, 50 cents off. The other side said a free cup of living water Sunday morning at our church address. And so he's like, yeah, I guess so. He let me do it. He let me do it. So we were passing those things out, everybody in there. So they got the address, they got a promotion, and they can save 50 cents on a cup. It worked like crazy. Um, another idea I had, I bought one of these thermos, uh, insulated thermos, uh, not a cooler, but it's, it's insulated, and it, like, it's for dispensing beverages. So if you want something to stay hot, all the water's hot or cold, you can do that. So what I did is I took it, filled it up with hot water, brought hot chocolate and instant coffee, and then I went out to all the, the sliding hills. And I just set up at the bottom of that hill and said, hey, you want a, want a hot cup of coffee or hot chocolate? I got in a lot of conversations, led a few people to the Lord. One of the most shocking things I still remember this kid was about 9 or 10 years old. I gave him a, a cup of hot chocolate. He said, well, why are you doing this? I, I said, well, I'm doing it on behalf of our church and trying to introduce people to God. He dropped that cup. He said, I don't want none of that. This kid was only like 9 or 10. I don't know what's going on at his house, but it always stuck with me. We have to come up with ideas to reach the lost. Because most of the lost are not going to just come and knock our doors down on Sunday and go, hey, you guys look pretty cool. Can I come in and get saved? It does happen. But mostly, we have to share the gospel with the people in our lives. I, tr I try to share the gospel. I try to be intentional about it. I ask myself at the end of the week, did I share the gospel at least once this week? Did I or did I not? If I don't even share the gospel one time in a whole week, there's something wrong in my heart. That, that I'm judging me. I'm saying that about me. Because I can share the gospel anywhere, anytime, with just about anyone. If I've got 30 seconds, if I've got three minutes, I for sure can. I, I led a person to the Lord in the elevator one time. <laughs> I led a guy to the Lord at the gas station one time. Uh, it's just amazing things. And I say, I, I should say I introduced him to the Lord. Because God drawn him. God changes him. God does all of it. But when people get saved, I lead someone, I introduce them to the living God, and they get born again. If you take me out of that equation, how do they hear the good news of God? I know it's God who draws them. I know it's God who changes them. I know it's God's grace and mercy. Yes, all of that. But if there's not someone in there to go, yo, here's the message. Here's the truth. Here's the good news. It's really this simple to change your everything. If there's no one there, how, how do those dots connect? God can do anything he wants, anytime he wants. He's all powerful, Yes. But the Bible teaches us that we are to tell the good news of God. We are to evangelize. We are to be expanding his kingdom. So who's responsible to tell the good news? God's way of salvation is not discovered by man. It comes by revelation and must be pre presented to a person from the revealed word of God. The gospel message has been entrusted to the church. We are the only people on this planet that have the words of life. Think about that. We have been entrusted with the word of life. Only the born-again church, the true Christian church, have the message of life, eternal life, abundant life. We're the only ones. We've been entrusted with that. Wow. All Christians are responsible to respond to the command of Jesus. You know, another thing, in the summertime, uh, um, the opposite of the hot drinks, I would fill up a cooler, and I'd just go set up on one of the bike trails. 
guys that are running by or riding their bike by, I'd just hand out water to them. A lot of times they stop and ask me, why am I doing that? <laughs> well, let me tell you why I'm doing it. It's really simple. It's just a little bit of bait, but a little bit of service. So what does the New Testament teach us about our responsibility to tell the good news? The primary ministry of Jesus was to preach the gospel. The primary ministry of Jesus Christ was to preach the gospel. Everything Jesus did, everything he ever did to anyone, anything he ever said, and every single thing, he was doing this. I want you to meet my father. I have a whole new way of life for you. I, I want you to meet my father. That's evangelism. That's our role. I, I don't want you to join my church. If you do, that's awesome. Great. All for it. But I want you to meet my dad. I want you to enter the kingdom. Because if, if you just join this church because of me, and I croak tomorrow, where are you going to be in a week? But if you meet the living God, don't matter about me no more. Then you got it. Paul was ready to preach the gospel everywhere. The early church recognized its responsibility in sharing the good news. It's throughout the whole book of Acts. The good news must be shared, for this is the main way it is spread. There is a necessity that all believers be involved in this area. We should not preach only when we get paid for it, i.e. me. Since I'm getting a paycheck, I'll do all the preaching inside and outside the church. Uh-uh. Each one of you have people in your life that I'll never meet. Each one of you have people in your life that already trust you, already like you. You see them on some kind of a habit. I'll never meet them. I'd love to go lead them to the Lord. I'll never know them. It's up to you guys to do it. And I have people in my life that you guys will never get to talk to. So I need to be sharp. I need to be ready to share the good news. There's uh, in Romans chapter 1 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul talks about a special commendation to the churches at Rome and Thessalonica for their efforts in evangelizing in their communities and beyond their borders. In their communities and go on. It's like Paul said, look, you guys did such a great job. You went further than you needed to. You overlapped into other people's areas. Paul seemed to think that was a good idea. So as I kind of wrap this up and, and bring it to a close, I just want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light, right? We live in a world of darkness. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of light as opposed to the darkness of Satan's kingdom. The Bible tells us God is light and so is his kingdom. You know, the very nature of light is that it's outgoing. We're in a kingdom of light and light shines out. When, when light fills an area, it literally penetrates the darkness and it's always searching for the next thing it's going to reflect from. We have a kingdom of light. Light spreads itself all over space and fills all things. God's kingdom is just like that. It is the very nature of God and his kingdom to spread itself and expose all areas of darkness. Man, we serve a victorious Savior. Jesus isn't trying to save us. Jesus isn't trying to work these things out. He's already done. Jesus is sitting down in heaven at the right hand of God. His work is done. Now he's saying, come on, boys, introduce people to dad. Introduce the people in our lives to our Father. The only good news in this world of darkness is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
as members of the body of Christ, we're responsible to get the word out. Sharing the gospel is not about us. It's about the good news of Jesus Christ and sharing that truth with people. Amen? I've, I've had the great privilege of leading a lot of people to the Lord. Man, I have to say, though, in every case, I had to be intentional. In, in every single case that I led someone to the Lord, I had to talk to them. I had to ask them a couple of questions. Uh, I had to maybe answer a couple of their questions. But I had to be intentional. Because in this life, we're all so busy. It's so, so easy to just go, you know, I, I could talk to I, I just don't have time. I'll catch up to them another day. You never know if you'll ever have that opportunity again. So I'm just going to close with this, and I'm going to pray for us. Would you please just be honest with yourself? You don't have to come and tell me nothing. You don't have to. It's not it. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever led someone to the Lord? Because we are fishers of men. So we should be fishing. We should be catching. So if you ain't catching, if you're fishing, you ain't catching, change the bait. <laughs> go, go to a different area. Come up with a different strategy. But I just want you to be honest with yourself. Have you ever led anybody to the Lord? How long has it been since you shared the gospel? And could you make a plan how you're going to develop your skills or, or just grow in your boldness so you're ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, anywhere you go? Amen? Would you please do that for me? Well, Heavenly Father, I know I, I covered a lot of ground today, and this is just a tip of the iceberg as far as your people spreading your good news to this whole world. Wow. Thank you, God, for trusting us with this. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you stir our hearts with faith now, that we wouldn't think of this as just some chore that I, I got to try to do it once in a while and I check the box off. Father, would you please give us a heart for the lost? Would you break our hearts with what breaks your heart? Would you cause us to see value in every single person that's around us, no matter what they look like, no matter what they sound like, no matter how they're living? Father, would you help us now to supernaturally have faith to share the good news of Jesus Christ into the people's lives around us? And Lord, I pray for a harvest. Your Bible says, look around, the fields are white for harvest. It's harvesting time. It's the season right now. Would you cause us now to be fishers of men, and would you give us hearts stirred in faith, trust in you and the power of your gospel, and would you give us boldness to share the simplicity of hope in God? I pray this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. If you have any questions, just feel free to come on up and, and talk to me. If you want to work on some things, you're thinking, well, I, I want to do this, but I need to get better at this, I need to get better at that, or I need, whatever it is, please come and talk to me. I want to help you get confident in leading people to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, God bless you, and have a great week.